Welcome back to Rockstar 101. His name is Brandon. He's the DJ. His name is Shim. He is the rock star. Class is in session. And this is our post-Christmas, pre-New Year's final show of 2020. Let's wrap this thing up so that we can... Uh, Let's put this year behind us. Yeah. But I choose to look at this year as a positive year. Don't you, Shim? I try to. I choose to and I try to until something negative happens and then it all comes crashing down for a minute. <laughs> I think that's the way well, everyone it's really, feels. I mean, it's really easy to look at 2020 in such a negative light. Yeah, of course. Um, I think it's, that... It's, of course it's, it's easy. It's the, well, yeah, it's the easy thing. Um, what I am going to dare anybody who's listening to this or watching this to do is choose at least three things from 2020 that you are grateful for mm. choose three things and you can write them down you can just even think about them but just try to do that as we wrap up um as we wrap up 2020 and we head towards 2021 so on that note really quick you'll notice the beard it's looking nice and tight it's actually uh, going to very the... high definition at this moment with your i know it's my setup. new camera yep. i got a new camera i got a new light i got the whole spiel you can notice i moved my head and i like you can see the shine yeah on certain aspects yep. so i gotta watch that but um yeah if you want to go if you need some beard products maybe you got some money for uh christmas this year and you want to spend it go to the beard struggle they've got shampoos conditioners uh, oils, combs, brushes, all kinds of stuff that you can use to make your beard look good, make it nice and healthy, and bring in 2021 looking nice. So if you go to the Beard Struggle, use promo code BRANDELORIAN at checkout, and you'll get yourself a nice big old fat discount right there. Or you could just and give us your money through uh, anchor.com. But I, and I never know what to do when you run that ad. Whenever you start, you take like 20 seconds and you run the little ad for Beard Struggle, and I'm just sitting here like, yep. You could just Doopy sit doo. there and look and listen intently like, Doopy oh, doo this doo. Is just because you can't grow a beard. That's oh, wow. Problem. It's Shim like that. It's like that. That's how we're throwing it down. Uh, also, we do, as Shim did mention, at anchor.fm slash rockstar101. If you go there, you can become a supporter of the podcast. A big thank you to all our supporters. And uh, real quick, socials. Let's get these out of the way right now. We've got Shim on Twitter. It's at Shim Moore. We've got Shim on Facebook. It's just Shim. You can find me on um, Instagram and Reddit and Twitch at the Real Brandalorian. And of course, if you would like to write music with Shim or get in on one of the VIP sessions or something like that, you can always follow Shim on Twitch. It is uh, twitch.tv slash Hollywood Rebellion. Now that we have gotten that stuff out of the way, Shim, you brought up something earlier in the week about the Downward Spiral, yeah, the uh Nine Inch Nails album. So I'm curious, what were your, you had mentioned, I think it was, you're asking me, when was the last time I listened well, what was, to that album? Well, first of all, what's all your through? relationship to that record? Um, It was one of those ones, I mean, Nine Inch Nails was something I really didn't get into until later on in life. Um, like as, as the album came out, you know, we would listen to Nine Inch Nails here and there, but it wasn't anything that really grabbed me until at least 10 years after it had come out. So yeah, I was pretty much still, the same. One of my favorite songs from Nine Inch Nails, even on like, like uh, obviously Hurt, that's probably one of the bigger ones, but songs like Reptile, March of the Pigs, those are like, those ones always make it into a playlist for me somehow. Yeah. Well, the reason that it came up for me was because there was a, uh, a Netflix, obviously, man, shout out to Netflix. There was a Netflix uh, thing called Song Exploder. Have you seen this? Song Exploder. Oh, dude, if you haven't seen it, you got to watch it. It's basically uh, a guy who goes to the, he picks a, fa a famous song, goes to the composer of the song, and they discuss it for about half an hour, and they break down the multi-track. They actually break down, they solo the lead vocal. He gets the Pro Tools sessions, and they solo the lead vocal. Look out there, okay? And um, 
and they discuss the making, like a half an hour Q&A in-depth look at the creation of a song that people consider to be a great work of art. Now, they did mm-hmm. one for a song off Hamilton. They did one from R.E.M. They did Losing My Religion. They did an Alicia Keys one. They've done a couple of hip hoppy ones that I didn't really know the songs very well. And then recently they did uh, Hurt by Nine Inch Nails. And it was mm-hmm. fascinating to me. I was really looking forward to watching it. I sat down and I just watched the whole thing. And I didn't, I, there was so much that I didn't know about that record. I didn't know that the Downward Spiral was a concept album. I just thought it was a good album. And then when mm-hmm. they started to walk you through, and then then I had to listen to it. And the next day I put it on and just headphoned out while I was doing a bit of email stuff. And I was like, fuck, this is a trip. This is like, it, it's it's a fully formed, complete piece of art. I was about to paraphrase and say it's like a downward spiral it really it takes you from the beginning of the record it takes whoosh, and it works and you go down the rabbit hole and as i started to listen to trent Reznor talking about it on the the documentary he was like nine inch nails had been coming up for a while they were very unique they'd had one record that did pretty well pretty hate machine and it had a couple of hits on it and then he was like, cool, but he was Trent Reznor and he gets to go and make his stuff and deliver it to the label a year later and say, that's the album, figure it out. And he delivered the record apparently and and apologized because he said, I'm sorry, like, you know, I, I know you guys probably wanted an album with singles and this is more of like some arty thing that people put on the shelf and listen to once every couple of years and go, oh, well, they tried. And he really thought it was going to just fall behind the wayside and it turned out to be this era defining album and the thing that i just found really interesting and inspiring about it is that when you go back and listen to it again you you just realize that you do not hear records like that anymore you don't really realize until you go back and you delve into it and like the the production is so noisy and so artistic and such a trip that no, it would never get through now. It would never get through. You would never be able to. And the thing is that there are bands and artists that are making artistic works that are like, you know, experimental and noisy and whatever, but they're not, mm-hmm. they're not at the level that Trent Reznor is where he's a true classically cr- trained amazing songwriter like all the songs every song that he writes it has these dope hooks like he writes Mm -hmm. great songs and then fucks them up with the production and makes it this really arty weird that's what he does write a great song fuck it up to the point where it almost ruins the song but then it it actually makes it doper and then yeah and then put it out and be trent reznor and nine inch nails and the more i listened to it i just was like i just thought it was really fucking cool because I think that, I don't know about you, but I've lost my connection in a way, especially over this year. Uh, but I think a lot of people have lost their connection to the art of music. I know I have, where you're just, you're hearing music and it's like, oh, that sounds a little bit like this band, but kind of not. And like you're cherry picking. You don't hear anything that doesn't sound like anything else anymore. Very rarely. I mean, I can't even think of any band that's released anything recently that doesn't sound like other artists or bands where they're just, mm-hmm. it's this big old fucking uh what do you call it incestuous melting pot no one mm-hmm. you know and i just was it's all kind of the same the same stuff nobody's really taking chances which is interesting that you bring that up because we just watched soul last oh, night that's i was gonna Disney watch that Pixar movie yeah and that's the one that um trent reznor and atticus ross did some of the soundtrack to oh i gotta re- I, I gotta recommend the movie i think it's a brilliant movie i think it was incredibly well done um, 
I've seen some mixed reviews from friends. I don't know how the critics have um, really looked into it. And I, I think the critics said it look was into amazing. that right now. Yeah, but I I really enjoyed it. I think it has a phenomenal message. I think the the soundtrack is yet again amazing. But that's I always wonder if I listen to soundtracks more than the average person because I remember as a kid I was watching a again this was a kid like ten years old or maybe even nine years old. I'm watching a documentary on. Um, Looney Tunes. And yeah. they were talking about how the music helps create the scene. And what they did is they had a Elmer Fudd, Bugs Bunny, Donald Duck scene. Like, you know, the, it's rabbit season. It's duck season. That one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that, that whole scene. Well. They took the music. Oh, my God. And, and it's just it's a completely different yeah. cartoon. It's a completely different thing that you are watching. Right. And the way that Looney Tunes incorporated the music and the way that it it it, it created this whole thing of it's adding an extra layer to what you were watching. And that's why I pay very close attention to soundtracks and I'm trying, I'm following it and I'm trying to, to kind of grasp what it is that's going on there. And soul did a phenomenal, phenomenal job. And I just looked it up. It's got huge on the tomato meter on rotten tomatoes, which means that the critics love it. And then it's also got a 90% audience score, which means that the audience loves it. Is it a sad as well, which is really funny. Does it get into some sad elements? yeah, I mean, it's a, you know, the dude dies. So that was kind of it. Like, that's how the movie starts. Yeah, like, it's about it, him. Yeah. Like, he he gets his big break and then he dies. And so his soul. And so it's him like, no, no, no. I got I got my big break. Like, I can't die now. So right. it's that's it's that whole journey for the guy. Right. Um, but it's an incredibly well done movie. Uh, it certainly has its sad moments. It has its happy moments. It um, has a very, very good point to it as well. Hopefully my kid picked up on that point. Um, but no, I, I, I definitely, I definitely recommend, uh, the movie soul for Excellent. anybody out there who has not seen it. And now I definitely want to go watch song exploder over on you gotta watch it. Netflix as yeah. well. Dude, it's yeah. really interesting if you're into songs and if you're into the specific songs that they're talking about, <clears throat> because you wind up hearing the thing that's great about it is that they talk because they solo the tracks, they solo the vocal and the mandolin line in, uh, losing my religion. And they talk mm-hmm. about like how certain parts of the song were labored over intensely. And then there's other parts that were just, you know, inspirational, like this one drum take that we just couldn't replicate. And so that's what's on the record, even though it's, and then Hmm. when they play the song at the end of the episode in its entirety, and you hear everything they just discussed and you hear everything differently, you really do. But there's one thing that I found really fascinating about the, the Trent Reznor one was for Hurt, right? And it's weird because you just don't think about it, but he said that Hurt, and this is why I, I, I was like, oh my God, I'm totally making a concept record tomorrow. Like <laughs> when, he's, when he was like, um, the way that- Inspiration. The, yeah, way that the album needed to finish is that it needed to feel like someone walking through the rubble of their life. And so he said that the vocal needed to sound buried and under, like, under your breath and really- like he didn't say any words that were like a shame. He didn't use any emotional words. So I found this really interesting. <clears throat> he didn't say that the singer or the character in the concept record felt a certain way. He just said that he wanted it to sound a certain way so that the mm-hmm. audience felt a certain way. And they asked him the lyrics. They asked him like three times in different trick ways to try to get him to talk about the lyrics. Try to get him to say something. Yeah. And he said, I don't discuss the lyrics because... And he was really like, he was really clear about it. He was totally not a dick, but he, he was just like, I don't discuss where the lyrics came from and what they mean to me because then everyone can't listen to it the same way anymore, especially if it's a success, successful song. 
because mm-hmm. there's all these people that have this relationship to the song and they all hear something different. And he said, I've had songs that meant something to me and I didn't really understand what that line in the verse was even saying because the guy sang it kind of weird or it was pulled away from the mic. And when you learn what the word is, you go, oh, he was saying that? I totally thought it was something else. And now I can't hear the fucking song the same way anymore. So he just refused to discuss any of that artistic stuff. It was all... And the guy, you could see the guy who was conducting the interview was kind of frustrated because he was like, so we're like, just... Like, just answer the question, yeah. bro. No, he like was, he was he like, was, so was we're just going to talk yeah. production for 30 minutes. We're just going to talk about the production and stuff and not not mm-hmm. the emotional side. He talked about the, the through line of the... The album, which was like a guy who basically goes and does every drug and destroys his life and the lives of people around him and goes down the downward spiral um, and goes out of control. And when you listen to the record thinking that, you you go on the ride. It's fucking dope. Mm-hmm. I never knew. Fuck, I'm gonna, it was a concept dude, album. Wanna, now all I want to do is just go get really stoned and listen to that album. I know. Maybe I can convince my family to go somewhere tonight. But it's fascinating. When he's talking about Hurt... <clears throat> And he says, I wanted the vocal to be off to the side and buried as if it's part of him that's buried in the rubble. And it kind of comes up and down in the mix. And there's there's these soundscapes that come in and out. And then you hear it and you go, you just, it, you have so much more respect for it as a body of work because you go, oh, he was trying to achieve this thing. I didn't even realize that he achieved it because you never listened to Hurt quite that intently. But mm-hmm. there's no, like the vocal is barely in the fucking mix. And it was a mm-hmm. radio smash. In radio songs, you have to hear the vocal. You can't not hear the fuck. You can't hear the vocal most of the time in Hurt. I don't know how much mm-hmm. that song gets played on KLAQ or anything. I know, you know, the Johnny Cash one got played a lot because you could hear the vocal, but yeah. was that- was and, that's, her- and that's, that was always a little bit, I, I mean, I, I, I loved Johnny Cash's version of it. And that one frequently gets brought up um, where we'll, we'll have a conversation on the morning show about name a, a cover song better than the original. And what people end up doing is they just start listing really good cover songs. And we're like, no, no, no. We want cover songs that are actually better than the original. One yeah. that I can come up with is All Along the Watchtower. Right. Uh, Bob Dylan's was fine. Jimi Hendrix fucking hit that thing out of the park. Like that was like gone. That one is better than the original. Johnny Cash did just a hauntingly good version of that. Oh, you're dropping out for a second. Sorry about this, guys. I had to reset the internet. You can see he's all glitchy, but it's Uh-oh, just- Uh-oh, lose you? It's all right. It's all right. I had to reset oh, the- go. The internet was just laggy, 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 and it was getting too bad. It just said- Did that you the- get my answer, though? Yeah, you said that, you said that it was painfully haunting, and then it dropped out. <laughs> it was just like the West- It was what? It was painfully haunting, and then it dropped out. That the Johnny Cash oh, one was haunting. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean- yeah, I mean, it, it was. It was just, it's, it's a really good cover, but I don't think it's, it's better than the original, which kind of brings me to, I got a couple of points here on things that you've said, where you were talking about watching that documentary, The Song Exploder, and how you've never, like, now you, you listen to R.E.M. or you're listening to By Nine Inch Nails, you're hearing those songs completely differently. This is going to sound really stupid, but what's funny is that made me think of the Saturday Night Live skit for Don't Fear the Reaper by um, Blue, Blue Oyster Cult. I don't think I ever heard cowbell in that song until I heard that goddamn skit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Skit. yeah the right. more cowbell. Listen, guys, I'm telling you. And now when that song comes on, because we play that song on the radio station, when that song comes on, all I hear is dunk, 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 dunk. That goddamn cowbell yeah. going on nonstop. And yeah. I'm like, Jesus. Like, I had never, for, for the longest time, I'd never even heard that cowbell. Then that skit comes out. Now all I hear is that cowbell. Yeah. It's weird how stuff like that happens. But then my next point, or my next question, I should say, because for us, 
at least in rock radio, the big hit was Closer. Yeah, for sure. That was the big hit from the Downward Spiral. That was the one that got the MTV airplay. And coincidentally enough, there was a while there where radio wouldn't play that song, even edited, because, you know, I want to fuck you like an yeah, animal. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit rough. <laughs> even with that edited, it, there, there was a time when I was in Florida, they completely yanked that song off the airwaves. They weren't willing to take that risk. It didn't matter that it was edited. It was what it was alluding to. Yeah. So they had completely taken that off. Do you think now... Because of that Johnny Cash version, version um, something I, I just think of, I think it's maybe season two of Rick and Morty, the end of that, they play the song Hurt, and my brain kind of goes to that almost, where I think that introduced a lot of people to the song Hurt. Johnny Cash's version? Do you version? think Hurt is a bigger hit or... No, 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 Nine Inch Nails version. Right, right. Not, not Johnny Cash, Nine Inch Nails version, the original version of Hurt. Do you think that most people would recognize that song more now than Closer? No. No, I think I think that Closer is a no, more No, you still think it's Closer? Closer is a more recognizable song. Closer was the radio hit. Like as soon as you hear it's dude, as soon as you hear you like it's literally that motherfucker made the you know you know this is what this is what closer is i'm gonna blow your fucking mind right now this is what closer is remember that heart beating that's what that was that was yeah but closer if you think about it and i'm sure that he ripped this i'm sure that he did this on purpose i mean i'm not sure but in my bones i can feel it because he's a genius what's the um in um nice pose What's the name of the um the um, the, the like that the upside I had to down to show the new water bottle? You know the upside down. What's the upside down in that Netflix series? Uh, close, um, Stranger from things. Stranger Things. Stranger Things. The upside down. Closer, yeah. closer is the upside down to Billie Jean. Straight up, mind blown. Check it. Think about it. The way the song starts. The way the bass line comes in the way the, the lead part comes in and then the vocals come in. And it's instantly recognizable. The moment you hear Billie Jean, to look into that. Cat, and as soon as you hear the, the first two clicks of the beat from Closer, you know what the song is. Like it's the same. But I like there's how no, you think, Shimmer. There's no, other, there's no other song where you can just hear the kick and snare and go, oh, Closer. You do that with Billy. As soon as if you're in a pub or a club and you're like talking to your friends and the music's in the background and then you hear dum, dum, you got Billy Jane. Someone's playing Billy Jane. Okay, we're hearing that again. Like you don't even think about it. You just go, that's Billy. That's the fucking. It's so recognizable. Same thing with Closer. As soon as you hear it, like you hear it, you you know it. I think it's genius. I think he did it on purpose, hmm. but I think that that. It's such a great radio song. It's just hooks all the way through. It's great lyrics. It's, yeah, it's, it alludes to something that's intense, whatever. But it's just a fucking hit. So I'm I think I'm going to have to listen to that album. I'm going I'm to listen to that thing front to back. Yeah. And then we should, we should totally do a, a pre and a post because it's like the reason I got so fucking all about it for a while was because I was like, oh, I just, I, life happens. And before you know it, it's been 10 years since you really paid attention to when was the last great concept album? You know, like the emo kids mm. are making concept records kind of like, you know, there was the Black Parade and the Used had one. But then I don't know the last really popular concept record. And hopefully they're going to, I mean, what's um, Ghost? Ghost is kind of a concept band. But I'm not really, I haven't listened, yeah. I can't, I haven't really gotten into their records yet. I know a lot of people like them, but for me, I'm, 
haven't been able to get they're into worth it. getting into man they're definitely worth getting into let me see i found a list of top 25 best concept albums this is of all time and i'm wondering what the the most recent one would be it's number one is marvin gay marvin gay i would have thought it was Bowie. It on, although the actual the title of the album is what's get what's going on that was a you've concept got brian album. wilson 2004 brian wilson presents smile yeah. 2004 Genesis, The Lamb Lies Down on Broadway, 1974. Husker Du, Zen Arcade, 1984. Yeah, I'm not seeing anything really on here that... So the, 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 had the Bowie, on here the with, Who, uh, Qua- Pink Floyd, The Quadrophenia. Wall? Yeah. Is that all on there? That's got to be on um, there. Pink Floyd, The Wall's got to be on here. Um, I'm trying to... Je- yeah, Jethro Tull, Thick as a Brick, 1972. That one's yeah, on here. They're all from the 70s, man. Drive-By Truckers, Southern Rock Opera. 2001 Southern pink floyd Man. wish you were here number 13 that one's that's that's over the wall huh because to me the wall is one of the greatest concept albums of all time if not the greatest yeah. but then again i'm a little more partial to that one is there anything from two, 2010 um, anything from 2010 onwards no not that i'm seeing it's all 70s and 80s man yeah. um Got the Moody Blues. Ah, oh, you got Green. Well, no, Green Day, but that was two thousand four. Yeah, Green was Day the was Idiot. Green Day was kind of the last. It's it is a concept. It's a rock opera. Yeah, I mean that was huh. the last. The, that was probably no, the last. Than, oh, uh, they 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 put Rush on here. Clockwork uh, Clockwork Angels, two thousand twelve. That was okay. Cool, cool. That seems really weird that they didn't. That, that, why would they pick Wish You Were Here over the Wall? Come on now. I thought that was just a song, or is that the title of the record as well? What the wall? No, the wish you were here, or wish you were here. Yeah, um, I think it's I think it's the name of <clears throat> I think it's the name of both. We're gonna get we're gonna get a lot of flack for not knowing huh. that off the top of our heads. All right, listen before we go down the rabbit hole on this. Fine. What was the next the thing that you wanted to discuss before we wrap up? It was uh, am I an asshole? Oh, I had an am I the a I had an am I the a hole for you? Yeah. That's so this is again this is over on Reddit, which if you want to. If you want to follow me on Reddit, if you want to send me a message, just find me. It's at the Real Brandalorian, and um, so we have an "Am I the a hole?" here. So here's what we like to do. This is what we do on the morning show: is I read you the headline, and I want to get your first impressions yep. on just the title. Like you know that more information is coming, but based on just the title, do you think this person is the a hole yep. or not? Are you ready? I am ready. All right. Am I the a-hole for teaching my girlfriend's niece music? No. First impressions. No. No, not, not off that title. No way. I was waiting for something that was going to be... No. Okay. I liked the one that was... No, uh, I mean, that's it. I, and sometimes they're really simple titles and... Well, that? that was a long pause. We, we must have a lag going on that's crazy. I like the one that said, am I an asshole for saying that yeah, my, my yeah, cancer yeah. was more intense than my wife's or my cancer was worse than my wife's or whatever. Oh, that dude, was that's one. still one. Man, that's still, still to this day, that's one of the ones that people bring up because that one was so hardcore. If you guys haven't heard that one, yeah. go, back. go back. I can't remember when we did it, but it was about, it's, it's in a previous episode of Rockstar 101. Eight months ago, yeah. It was what? About eight months ago. But so what's the story with it was, this one? I mean, is there a, a story with this the, one I mean, about truly the, the, teaching your niece music? Yep. Is there a story? Yeah, so essentially what they do is there's a headline. Yeah, so there's a headline and then the person gives the story. So here's what's written. 
This is coming from the person who posted it. It says, my girlfriend's family and I are pretty close, but her 12-year-old niece and I have bonded a lot over the past three years. About a year and a half ago, we went into the mountains to camp and I brought my guitar. Her niece, now, uh, who I'll now call Daisy, really took an interest to it. Last Christmas, I gave her a guitar and she loved it. During COVID time, my girlfriend and I go over to her sister's house to tutor Daisy and her little sister. And while my girlfriend and Daisy's sister play, I practice guitar with Daisy. Sometimes we do it outside. Sometimes we do it in her room with the door creaked open because I, don't want to, or because I want to be courteous with the noise. Yesterday, my girlfriend asked if I could stop. I was honestly really taken back and asked why. She told me that her sisters, Daisy's mom and her other sister who lived together, were talking, about, were talking to her about me and Daisy's relationship and think it's creepy a bit and needs to be scaled down. She said, she said they didn't accuse me of being a creep, but implied that they're uncomfortable with a man having a relationship this close with a young girl. I think that's absolute horseshit. I don't care if you think I'm doing creepy stuff. I'm not. I'm helping someone I think of as my own family carry out her passions and hobbies. I told her to tell them that I don't care what they think and that they're being sexist. She kind of sighed and told me to just listen to them because she doesn't want to be in the middle of anything. I stood my ground and dropped it. Today, my girlfriend told me that I couldn't go to her sister's because they didn't like my response. I really don't know what to do because I care about Daisy truly, and I think giving her the tools and knowledge to drive her passion is important, especially at her age, when nobody in her family really cares about what she wants to do. Am I the a-hole for wanting to continue? Should I just give in? Oh, Christ, what a fucking hassle. What a hassle. Yeah, see, dude, they're not easy. I mean, the whole reason that these people are bringing these things to Reddit is because it's not an easy answer. It's no, I it's think something it, that, that I think really it, needs to be, you know. I think it is an easy answer, but like, it, well, the easy answer is no, you shouldn't have to deal with this and know this. I mean, in my, fuck, I'm like, I can feel as I'm about to start commenting on it. Ah, see, you're like, be, oh, this is an easy answer. Now, here, let me ramble no, while I try to find the answer. No, it's no, no, I can answer. feel that people are going to be like, oh, just, just me stating an opinion. There's going to be all these other people that are like, well, I had this other situation that happened in my life that gives me a different perspective. And I think you're wrong because of all this. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, like, you well, that's the point. Everybody's got their own perspective. No, What's I, your I was I was talking about this to my wife yesterday when I'm like, things there there are things that people knee jerk reaction go to, where like you kids used to let. I'm, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that I approve or disapprove of any of these activities. This is more of a social comment. People used to let their kids run around naked in the backyard or at the park forty years ago if they were like under three or whatever. Like if they were getting changed or if it was a water park. Like now you could not do that no matter what you'd be brought up for child abuse. Not saying it's right or wrong. I'm saying that it's the changes Mm -hmm. have been so rapid where it's like people used to think that was like, yeah, whatever. They're kids. No big deal. And now it's like, oh my God, they're kids. How can you do this? And then you've got this other situation with like really, and not, not a matter of whether it's right or wrong. Just people flip out over. You can't do that anymore. And I've had conversations where people, People say, you can't do that. And I'll say, why? And they'll just go, because you'll get, you'll get like called up for it. You'll get picked up for it. Like someone will call the cops or someone will complain about it. So you just can't do it. Not because it's right or wrong, because you just can't. Like society won't let you do it anymore. How, how other people perceive it. Yeah, how other people perceive it. Or mostly how other people are scared that other people are going to perceive it. 
It's not even based in fact mm-hmm. anymore. It's just based in I'm worried that someone else is going to think this. And I really don't care what people think, especially when it comes to my kids, because I know that I'm doing, because I know exactly where I'm coming from and what I'm doing. And I'm like, if I, and if I'm not sure, I'll go and ask someone straight away. Cause the last thing you want to do is, even though, even if it's like, I, I don't want to hurt my kids accidentally by making a bad choice. You also, as an ego thing, you don't want to be a shitty parent and then have to explain yourself for making a stupid mistake. So you go and you ask, like, is this, am I wrong? Am I right? What's going on? But now you have to ask about every fucking thing. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. come on. Yeah. Yeah. No, you know, you get a point. No, yeah, I do. think, I think at the end of it, my, my thing when it comes to this stuff is if you've got a parent who's the other, a parent of another kid and they're like, we don't want you to do this and that anymore. I basically, I'm, I mean, I'm kind of a prick about it. I just wash my hands immediately and go, good luck with your stupid fucking kid then. If you're going to not, like it's free music education from someone that knows this thing better. Most people want their kids to have, like knowing how to read music is a great, you never meet someone who's older in their 30s that goes, geez, I wish I hadn't wasted all that time learning how to read classical music. Like it's a great tool to have that you can't really go back and relearn when you're older. It's really hard. So if they're like, yeah, we we think that we'd rather our kids stay ignorant to that thing and just have a couple of other people feel comfortable and not have to deal with it. At that point, I'm like, cool, good luck with mm-hmm. your stupid fucking kid. Yeah, that's your choice. You're the parents. Go ahead. Raise your kid like a fucking idiot. Go ahead. Like, I'm, I'm a dick about yeah, it when it I comes mean, to that. I think, well, and I, I think what I would do if, if I knew how to, you know, play music at all, um, which I will. That's going to be a goal here. You, you watch this. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write a hit record. It's gonna happen. Fuck yeah! I'm kidding. I'm fucking with you. Um, no, I, like I, I think that there's there's ways that this probably could have been approached a little bit better. I think that going and speaking with the mom and the sister, um, because I understand the parents' trepidation. I understand the the, the parents' um, cautiousness of something like this because you know far too often something like this maybe isn't questioned and, and something horrific might happen and you don't know and it it seems like though that he's got a good relationship with yeah. the rest of the family yeah, so yeah. if it wasn't question that's, him if, if he wasn't seems family, very odd yeah if it wasn't family or if he had said i've i'm i'm a registered sex offender i've done this before but if there's no cause if there's no evidence of prior if there's no reason for it it's just fear of what other people might think then it's like, yeah, and he's family. Like, if you can't trust family, then you're fucked. Like, you're never going to trust anyone ever. And your mm-hmm. kids, and you're going to wind up with one of those millennials that's sheltered beyond belief. And then they get out at 20 and they resent the parents. Why didn't you tell me all this stuff was out here waiting to kick my ass? You know, so, I, yeah. yeah, if that's the thing, if it was like my well, next door the neighbor, responses- I, would be, I would be like, if it was my next door neighbor, I'd have the same trepidations. He'd be like, well, we don't know him. We haven't known him our whole life. You've known him your whole fucking life. He's your brother. Fuck. What else, what else do you need? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Go ahead. What are some of the responses? Yeah, but then there's a lot of times where it comes from a family member. And then, you know, it comes from a family member and that's, that's a, a massive problem. And people can be like, oh, well, I never knew that this dude was a creep. And it's like, well, you've known the guy for 30 plus years because it's your brother, but stories like that happen. But some of the responses here, the first one says, not the a-hole, but she's 12 and you're not her parent. It's ultimately not your decision. If you are too insistent when told no, that's going to solidify the idea that you're a creep. As a woman, I agree that it's sexist, but you can't force the girl's parents to let you go in her room if they have decided it's not appropriate for their daughter. And then um, the next uh, person also says, not the a-hole as well. 
As a child, I was molested, so that may be influencing my judgment here. But I think it's smart for parents to err on the side of caution in cases like this. I believe you when you say it's not creepy and you're genuinely just being a sort of mentor figure. That being said, far, far too many children are molested and their parents didn't notice. Mine didn't. He was a babysitter and a, quote, tutor. They thought he was just a guy who was good with kids. Perhaps there's middle ground here. Could you help her with her music in the company of other people or in public slash common areas of the house? In situations like this, you need to avoid even the appearance of impropriety. And I think that that's a pretty, pretty solid point there is that it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, look, as much as you want to be like, look, I'm not being creepy here. You have to understand what, how the, the perception of somebody else can change things. And that is something that you need to plan for. And, I and totally, that's something that you need to be, be you know, aware of and work around. That's exact. I totally agree with that. And that's why if the, if the mother had come to him and said, we need to, stru- this, we really appreciate you helping our kid with this. We just want to structure it slightly differently. Can you do it in the living room? That's it. Like okay, and, yeah, and sure, any no reasonable. Because one any, thing they yeah. said is that they'll, any reasonable guy yeah, would he say, said they, like, they'll play outside. One so of the reasons we keep they cutting did, each did, other off like that. But any reasonable guy would say, "Yeah, that's fine. No worries." Like it, then, then if if it turns out he's like, "No, we have to do it privately with the door closed in her room," then you you have a problem. Then you have evidence. There's a problem. Fucking now you got something to work with. But yeah, that's me. No, I mean I I uh, so for this one I would say not the a hole, but things obviously could have been handled slightly differently. I think really digging in your heels. This is not a point where you dig in your heels, man. Yeah, like, I, I get like I think the more important thing I'm is I'm not that being a creep. This is all I'm trying to, to do. When we get to am I the asshole? We should probably f- like fact check it and maybe not see if it leads to child molestation on our podcast because <laughs> there's only so much that you can really comment on this before you go down the rabbit hole. And then there's going to be a lot of people like, dude, we just wanted to hear some shit about music. What, where, where, how did this come? How did we get to here? Because the cancer one was funny as shit. That was funny. But like, <laughs> this is... <laughs> but like, because cancer's funny. Touching the kitties, not so much. Gets pretty real. Yeah, we've 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 clearly established that cancer cancer is hilarious. But no, I think I I, I the reason I brought this one up is because obviously with both both of us being dads, is you know where do you draw that line? And especially with this one being music oriented, where this this person just wants to kind of encourage mm. the you know the the love of music mm. of of this girl, and then where do you draw that line? And where does it you know where does it uh, where does it come at for both both people? We're both sets. So. Yeah, yeah. It's well. I think. No. Did it make you uncomfortable, Shim? No, I'm just no. But I do know that sometimes when we go down the rabbit hole on anything that's it moves away from being music related, I'm like, I, I, I'm like, because oh, we go down. We pri- for everyone watching privately when we're off stream, we talk about this shit for hours. And like, if we would never stop talking about it, if we if we <laughs> did it on the podcast, would be like, and people would go, dude, I have to get to work, I can't keep listening to this. So, <laughs> but anyway, on that note, that or thirty five would love it. You don't know, man. No, you're being very. Why don't you guys tell us? Why don't you guys tell us? Why don't you guys, as you're watching right now, leave a comment in the section. You know what to do. Yeah. Let us know your thoughts. I'd be very interested. Let's do a little bit of market research, and more importantly, let us know your opinion on that particular subject that the woman was talking to her brother about. But on that note, we are at time, so we have to wrap it up. So, Brandon, do you want? Oh, well, hold we, on, we do really, hold on, really quick too. On those comments, let hold on, let us know what you think of that story. But then also let us know is that something that you come to Rockstar 101 for? Because if it's not, then that's something that we'll cut out. And we're not, yeah. it's, that's not anything that we want to do. We want to make sure that we're providing 
the service that you guys come to Rockstar 101 for. So if that's not something you want, let us know. If it is something you want, let us know. Again, we get through all the socials. You can hit us up there. If you're watching this on YouTube, comment below. However you want to reach out to us, just give us your feedback and let us know so that we can make sure that 2021 we're really patterning Rockstar uh, 101 to exactly what the audience wants. Yes, 100%. 100%. And with that, is that with that? With that, all right, cool. With that, his name is Brandon. He's the DJ. His name is Shim. He's the rock star. That's dismissed.